Welcome to Strong Runner Chick Radio, a leading online community where our goal is to educate, empower, and connect female distance runners across the world. We believe in healthy running, fueling, and embracing our strength as female distance runners inside and out. Through interviews with top professional, collegiate, and master's level runners, leading dietitians, coaches, sports psychologists, and runners of all shapes and sizes, we hope to spread the message that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to distance running. Now, let's get to the show. Hey, Strong Runner Chicks. Welcome to another episode of Strong Runner Chick Radio. Today we have with us Caitlin Wheeler, also known as Kate who is 24 years old. She is currently in graduate school working towards her master's in social work. She will be starting law school after completing her master's degree. Kate is hoping to use her combined degrees to influence social chance on the policy level for social on the policy <laughs> level for the indigenous tribes of North America. Caitlin is also Kate is also the founder of a podcast titled Chasing Bravery, which we love. Caitlin, Kate, welcome, <laughs> now. welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> My apologies. I was, as Megan was reading it, I saw um, Chance, and I was like, Wait, that doesn't make sense. So that was totally my fault. All I apologize, good. listeners, and to Megan and Caitlin for having that little um, blooper, I guess you could call it, in the introduction. It's all good. I get it. It's real life. Um, so, Caitlin, how did you get your start in running? Um, okay, so I feel like I've always been a runner um, because my – well, I guess it was something that – I always gravitated towards because my mom um, was a runner or is a runner and I am very connected to my mom. Um, like I think most children are, but I feel like I might be maybe even a little bit more than my siblings in the sense that um, I just really looked up to her and something about what she was doing, like struck a chord within me. Um, and I think just enticed me and I, I I can remember being really little and like seeing her come back from her runs and being like my mom is like the coolest person in the whole world um and just having this idea that um I guess equating like like strong and beautiful and all of these things that I thought my mom was with running I made that connection um and so as soon as she would allow me to, I would start uh, riding my bicycle next to her. Um, and she jokes that like her favorite memories are of like my little three-year-old legs just like churning away as she was like marathon training. And I would just like keep up with her on my bike. Um, and then I did eventually start kind of like running alongside of her. And I um, ran on like all of the little, I guess... I don't know if they would be like, I guess like the like running groups for children. Um, if that was available, we moved a lot. And so I had a lot of experience with a lot of different programming, but if there was something that allowed me to run, that was what I gravitated towards. Um, school either. Um, I really struggled with the moves that we went through. Um, 
and just had a hard time adjusting. And it wasn't until I was in college that I decided one day that I was going to be on the track team or the cross country team, um, which like is really honestly only something that somebody who like had no understanding of how those things actually worked would like think to do. Um, and so I went to my, I went to the coach's office. I figured out where it was and I was like, hi, like, I'm going to just like, can I join the cross country team? And he was like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, like I, I, I want to be on the cross country team. And he was like, well, like, what is your experience with running? And I was like, um, I mean, like, I like to run. <laughs> um, and I was like, but like, I haven't, I haven't really been doing it very much lately, meaning like for the past five years. Um, and so it was this, I mean, bless his heart. He like took me seriously and was like, okay, well, like, let's figure out if this is something that can work. Um, and so I had to do this big time trial thing and I, I ended up being a walk on. Um, and then it kind of just went from there. I fell back in love with it. Yeah. What a good story. It sounds so evolving. And I love you talking about um, riding your bike next to your mom <laughs> at such a young age. And your mom sounds um, quite accomplished as a runner. It's something that she enjoys as a passion as well. Does she still run? She does. And she she is a very accomplished runner. Running has always been, I think, um, just like an outlet for her. And so like, she's never owned like a watch or, um, really had any concept of like a training plan, but I mean, has run multiple marathons and has done ultras, um, and was pretty quick. Like when I was little, um, she would write like her time on the back of her bibs when she would race like 5Ks and stuff like that. And I went back a few years ago and I saw some of them and I was like, she was pretty speedy. Like, <laughs> but she had no, I don't even think she had any concept of like what her time meant, you know? Um, but yeah, very accomplished runner. And all of her sisters are runners. And my grandmommy, who's in her late seventies is a runner and is still a runner. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so cool. It runs, it definitely runs in my, like it, it, it's like there's an undercurrent of running. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it would be really cool for all of you to run a race together. Have you ever done that? Um, we've definitely talked about it and I've had experiences where like we've all run together. Okay. Um, but no, never run, I'll run a race together. No. Mm -mm. Gotcha. <laughs> On the to-do list, that would be really incredible. Yeah, it would be for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so you were an intern on um, the Cheyenne River Reservation. What was that like? It was, um, it was, it was very eye-opening. Um, I think that I had a lot of expectations about what it was going to be like and um, really felt like there was really nothing that I guess could have prepared me for being there, which um, I guess was the first experience I've had so far in my life where that has been the case where I've been like, wow, I thought that I was prepared for what this was going to be like, but I just, I 
have not had a lived experience yet that would have prepared me for this. And so I think that that uh, was very trying, like in the sense that like it really required me to um, have to like adjust to that reality and also still remain aware of what I was doing there and like what my purpose was. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was, um, I guess I should probably give some information on yeah. like what I was doing in that kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Because I, that was there? like a very vague, ambiguous answer. No, that's um, okay. Cause I was thinking as soon as while you were talking, I was like, okay, what questions can I ask on this to get her to go a little deeper? But no, sure. Yeah, take your time. Keep talking. We're, we're obviously no rush. <laughs> well, okay. So um, my, I guess I should start with what, I guess I should start with like how my interest evolved yeah. from me even okay. being there in the first place. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I was an undergraduate, um, I my undergraduate degrees are in health science with a focus on addiction and substance abuse and psychology. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I was doing my uh, health science coursework, um, I kept running time and time again into the same statistics that show that um, indigenous populations um, just above all other populations struggled with addiction and substance use. And um, for me, that was very upsetting because I guess I was curious, like I was curious as to like why that was. Um, and I think that I didn't feel like there was enough of a, I didn't feel like there was enough of an explanation. And I felt like, okay, if you're gonna put this staggering of a statistic out there, like what is going on? Like what is happening that's creating this? Um, and I felt like it was just sort of like, well, the indigenous populations are struggling with this and it's just like a thing. And so I started to dig deeper into it um, and just really, I guess, became um, like fascinated by it and also felt like, uh, felt like I had had blinders on for my entire life. Like I remember thinking to myself, like, why have we not been taught more of this history? Um, like in our courses growing up, you know, like we learn about colonization and we learn about sort of how land was acquired. Um, but we just don't hear about these injustices and we don't hear about um, the extent of the genocide and we I mean there's just so much that we just don't talk about and so I guess there's just kind of like a rabbit hole like once you go down into it and once you like really start to educate yourself on that topic um I think it's really hard to pretend like you didn't or um I guess like this saying is like you can't unsee it or you can't unlearn it. Um, mm -hmm. And so, but what really, I guess, like, some, like, like cemented my um, whole sort of like course of study and like interest was my final practicum placement or my final, um, my final project where I 
was in a class where we were writing a mock grant proposal, but it required us to go through all of the steps that we would go through if we were going to actually write write the grant. Um, and I got in contact with um, somebody at the Sioux YMCA, which is the organization that I was interning through. And they, it was like that, like human contact of like having a person who was actually there and talking to me about these things. And we like developed like a relationship and I had this connection and then it just sort of like propelled forwards um, and then led to me actually being able to go out there and have like a full internship experience this summer. Mm-hmm. And did you live on the reservation? Yep. Yeah. The whole summer. Oh, you did. Okay. Mm-hmm. That must've been really, 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 I was going to use the word interesting to see, but at the same time, it must've been very um, powerful and almost kind of maybe in your face is the word I want to use just because you're so you're like, since it's hard because when you do an internship, unless you're like really living there, you don't understand what it's really like for the people mm-hmm. there. You may not ever, you know, you can't assume, but for you to have the opportunity to live there and actually see it all the time, it must've been very intense. You know, you can't really escape it if that makes sense. Well, yes. And I think, I think that that's exactly one of the things that I wasn't prepared for was mm-hmm. um, it hit me like a ton of bricks that this, isolation and this um so I want to be careful with my words because I try to be really careful about like coming at any population from like Mm -hmm. a strength like a strengths-based perspective and I don't want to paint these people as being like these poor victims that need our help because that's not the case Mm -hmm. um but it's very true that there are a lot of social ailments that exist in like a very small, um, like a very small bubble. And Mm -hmm. when that happens and when that like magnifies over time and then you add historical trauma, Mm -hmm. it becomes an environment that I don't think really most of us could ever like relate to or understand. And so it hit me like a ton of bricks that I was feeling like all of this like sadness and isolation and like seeing all these things around me that I was having a hard time processing. And then I was like, but like, I actually do get to leave. Like I really do get to leave at the end of this. And if I decided tomorrow that I couldn't do this anymore, you know, I could get in my car and I could drive, I could drive home. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like more than just like the actual like physical like fact that I could leave, but also I could leave knowing that I have opportunity and I have, um, I have, yeah, that I have opportunity and that I have options Mm -hmm. and that, um, that I have like this life that has been like kind of made available to me. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that most people can fully grasp what it would be like to not have that hope. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Thanks for clarifying that. Um, <laughs> it's really um, complicated stuff to talk about. So yeah. Oh, totally. Sometimes so, I feel like I'm not making sense. <laughs> no, you are making sense. You totally are. And I appreciate that you look at it with a strength-based perspective. And I guess maybe to pay um, a little bit of a tribute to um, the Cheyenne people, uh, what are some of their strengths that you found? Um, oh, I mean, 
just like a ton. Um, <laughs> well, okay, so there's a sense of community that exists on the Cheyenne River Reservation or um, I guess like in the town of Dupree that I was in that um, I've just never experienced before and a level of responsibility for your neighbor um, and like a, a passion for your culture um, but also, and then there's also that aspect of, of being very aware of the world around you. Um, mm -hmm. and just like, I, I guess I just felt like that, like human connection felt a lot stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, and while there was a lot of like sadness tied up in that sometimes and, and trauma and despair and that kind of thing, it, it still was amazing to me. Like just how, um, I don't know, connected they were, cohesive. Mm -hmm. um, I guess a really good example that I can think of was um, there were a few uh, children in each of the communities that I visited and, and worked in extensively that had, um, that had like obviously some sort of um, either cognitive delay or um, physical impairment. And because of the, the state of like, kind of like where they're in, um, I don't really know what has been done to diagnose. I don't really know what has been done to treat. However, these children are like 100% accepted into the group. And like, not only that, but it's like, all of the other children have somehow just intuitively figured out how to like communicate with that child and make them feel included and make them feel like loved and accepted. And they take care of those children. Right. So like, um, there was a little boy that very clearly was on the spectrum and I could have probably made that diagnosis. Um, obviously I wouldn't, I, you know, that wasn't what I was there to do, but, um, it was very clear to me that he was on the spectrum. Um, and I was like, man, like this community sort of coming around him is better than any ABA therapy that I've ever seen. Like they found a way to really, um, just embrace him for who he is. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, I just, it was just special in that way. Yeah. That's yeah. thinking about a community that's like that brings me so much joy. I, I mean, I can't even because I think about, you know, the society we live in here in the US and we're always there's always just this like um separateness. Yes, Megan. Yes, exactly. Or like too. Yeah, or like, and we hear yes. this a lot when people go to other countries. It's like, mm -hmm. wow, I really admire the community. And it's not like it's not just the Cheyenne River Reservation, but it's a lot of communities out there. And I think we can learn something from those too. Oh, so yeah, totally. Totally. Um now I'm I'm interested in knowing. Um you're on the re the reservation. Did you notice that running was part of their culture at all, or did they do any sort of activities that were communal for them, uh, like physical activities that were communal for them? Um, so there. So interestingly enough, that was one of the things that I saw people doing. Um, oh. 
And so I don't, I want to be clear in that I think that it was a little bit novel to the community that I was in, specifically because um, Andy, the CEO for the Sioux YMCA, I actually was able to kind of like make a connection with him because we figured out that we ran for competing colleges. <laughs> um, so he's originally from Massachusetts and I, I'm from New Hampshire. Um, and he was like, yeah, you know what? I'm pretty sure I remember you. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure like we figured out that he was a senior when I was a freshman and like, we so like we kind of were able to bridge that gap but mm -hmm. i mean long story short he's a runner um okay. and i think once you're a runner you're always a runner um mm -hmm. and once you've been a collegiate runner i think that's definitely something that stays with you because it becomes like an ingrained lifestyle type of thing um and so he had sort of already started to bring running into the community and so i was seeing it and seeing people like out running and, and doing that. But um, I think the, the connection for me is that, and I've experienced this twice now um, in the like exact, it's like the exact same phenomenon. So um, I did this extended alternative break when I was in college where I went to the Dominican and yeah, it was amazing. Um, but so I was, when I was there, I was all hung up because my indoor track season was starting and I was all upset because I was like having this conflict of like, like I, like my coach had given me a little grief about going. Um, cause he was like, we have a very set plan. We want you to qualify for nationals in this event and blah, blah, blah. And like, I was like, having all this guilt that I had actually decided to go. So I was training really hard while I was there. Um, but it was not really safe exactly for me to be like going out and doing these runs. So I was doing just like strides down like the main street in the community and like little kids were just like fascinated by what I was doing. Um, and they would come out and like watch me and like giggle and like point or be like, what are you doing? Or like, um, you know, just be, like being like curious. But then, um, they just started like running with me and just sort of being like, okay, we're going to do this too. Um, and I don't know. And then that exact same thing happened to me when I was in South Dakota. And I think it also struck a chord within me because I felt like I had that same draw to my mom and her running, like something about what she was doing. I was like, I want to do that. Like that looks like, <laughs> like something that I need to be doing right now. Um, and I guess it just solidified this idea for me that um, that running is really empowering. And I think that um, when you look at the fact that children are drawn to it, it kind of shows like how magical it is. And I think it might be something that we lose as we go, like as we move towards adulthood. But when you think about that, like just sort of like freeness that children run with um, and their willingness to just like, so hard. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just something about it that's very universal. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I, um, I'm just recalling I was out on a run, I think it was yesterday and a little girl um, stopped in her tracks and just stared. And, yeah. I mean, kids are just fascinated by that. So I, yeah, I really love that 
you brought that up. I think it appeals to them, honestly. Like, I really do think that it's something that, like, like running, I think, is primitive. Like, Uh it was something we probably did all the time when we were, you know, cavemen or whatever. Um, And so I think that, like, it's something that, you know, the further that you move away from childhood, if it's not something that you started doing it's very easy to like lose that draw but I do think that if you pay attention to the things that children are drawn towards um I don't know you can learn a lot about like what's good for you (laughs) oh I love that oh my gosh I'm gonna think about that more (laughs) I'm gonna like write in my journal about that tonight that is gonna be my journal prompt that is such a fascinating thing to think about because it's so when you think about it we've talked about this a little bit on the on the podcast before about like when you were running when you were a kid and you just did it because you loved it Mm -hmm. and like how freeing that and awesome that was and like now when you think about it we put we think too much about running I think we think too much about running we just yeah. think about and physical activity in general like you're making me yeah. think now of why why is American Ninja Warrior so popular because it allows <laughs> adults to go on the playground and yeah you know, yes Megan and mm-hmm. yeah I think so it just true. makes the whole idea of exercise and working out physical activity more fun and mm-hmm. freeing and enjoyable yeah yeah mm-hmm Totally. So, um, kind of switching gears here, but talking, <laughs> definitely want to get to talking about Chasing Bravery yes. because that is your podcast and yeah. we really love it. Um, so tell us kind of how you came to the idea of starting Chasing Bravery. Um, yeah, so I love podcasts and I am always listening to them. Um, I also really love just like storytelling and I think that it's very powerful um, when people are willing to share their stories because I just genuinely believe that you don't really know the impact that you could have on somebody um, just sort of by sharing your truth and your narrative and so that was something that I always took from like listening to podcasts like I have had so many experiences where I've just been like listening to a conversation on a podcast and been like, whoa, that is like exactly what I needed to hear. Or um, like, wow, I, I, there's like somebody out there that feels the exact same way about this thing that I do. Um, And so I've always been drawn to like the, I guess the medium of podcasts. Mm -hmm. And I wanted, I guess, to figure out a way to, um, combine my passions (laughs) and you know the jury's still out on if like I I've I'm doing it well I guess you should you could say um I think it's hard to combine like to kind of like try to like make sense of things right like you have this idea and you're trying to make sense of it um but I knew that I wanted to have a women like a woman's only podcast women identified women um Mm -hmm. And I wanted it to be focused on like telling and sharing their stories. Um, And I wanted to then like take that and connect it to this notion or this idea that um, there are lots of girls out there that have yet to become women that are still in that process of developing and, and have this, you know, precious like, you know, like span of time, um, 
and I wanted it to sort of somehow support that mission. Um, and so yeah, I feel like I'm giving a terrible explanation. But no, it's great. Yeah. So I wanted to basically like what I say is that the podcast is the stories of women's bravery and it supports the mission of girls who are still developing and starting their their own, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so it's yeah. it's still it's honestly still evolving. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. I also want to say that um, I want to actually validate you because you said, um, I don't know if I'm doing my passion right. <laughs> and that was really interesting to me because I want, I feel like there's no right way to do a passion. It's mm-hmm. whatever speaks to you. So yeah. I really think it, and I'm going to totally maybe even say for you, I think you're doing it right. I mean, think about all the work, think about all the women that you're letting share their stories and their braveries and such like that. That's really cool. Like they may Mm -hmm. not have another outlet to do that. And if they do, they may not take people up on it. So I think you're doing great. Like I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm just trying to figure out a way to um, make it really clear that I guess I'm trying to have sort of like a more community feel surrounding Mm -hmm. this idea of like girls will become women and women definitely need to unite and support each other but we also need to you know unite and support the generations of girls who have yet to become women like it's part of our um I see it as like a responsibility to try to correct some of the things that might not have gone so well for us Mm -hmm. and also be aware that there are a lot of girls out there who are really coming up against like really, really significant barriers. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I obviously can't tackle all of those populations. And so the one that I'm choosing to tackle is girls and women living on reservations. So I think that's kind of like how I'm trying to pull it all together. I see. And I don't know if I'm doing like, that's kind of where I'm like, I don't know how to make this all clear, but yeah. Yeah. It'll it'll become clear. Give it some time. Yeah. 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 It definitely will. I, I, I see it becoming clear. Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, Go ahead, Meg. Um, and I'm curious because I know this, um, starting a podcast, at least for me, and I can speak for Kelsey, it's kind of a personal growth experience mm-hmm. too, and a learning curve. And, um, there are a lot of hangups, you know, behind starting a podcast. Like I'm not good on radio or I don't know. I told myself that I don't have a radio voice. Um, so <laughs> I'm not good with garage band. Um, do you have any hangups in starting chasing bravery or hesitations? Um, and kind of, if so, like, what did you do to kind of overcome those? Yeah. Um, I think that's a great question because I actually think it's probably one of my biggest weaknesses, uh, is just that like, I have hangups about all the hangups that I have. Um, so I think I'm very introspective and I think I'm also, uh, I have a tendency to be very self-critical and I don't know exactly where that comes from. Um, I know part of it is because I have um, a learning disability and ADHD and that really altered or not altered, but it really, um, it really, I guess, set the stage for how I learned to communicate growing Mm -hmm. up. Um, And I think that I always was like a little aware that 
sometimes when I spoke, things I said didn't make sense or um, that like my communication style was a little different than my peers. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But if it's something that like you become aware of at a very young age, I think that it can definitely become like a little bit of an insecurity, especially when you think about starting something that involves like your ability to communicate with people and you're also making it public. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a big hang up for me and still is a big hang up for me. And I think about this a lot. I think about just the, the topic of communication itself and, you know, like, am I articulating myself appropriately? Like, am I making the point that I want to make? Are people understanding what I'm saying? Do people feel like I'm understanding what they're saying? Am I making people feel heard? Um, Am I, you know, accidentally offending somebody? You know, I don't know. There's lots of things that I think about. And um, also am trying to not think about so much because, I don't think that you can ever get it 100% right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, thanks for sharing that with us. And um, because that was really, you, that was being, you're very vulnerable there. And I really appreciate (laughs) that. Yeah, no, I do. I mean, that takes a lot. I mean, I, I mean, I know, uh, Megan, I don't know if you are, but I'm a super introvert. So going me on the too. podcast was yeah. really hard for me. Like I'm, I was always like the quietest person in my class. I don't really like to talk that much. Um, I usually kind of just sit back and listen. So that was my insecurity going into this. So I appreciate that you shared yours and that Megan, you shared yours too, you know, um, cause you said about your voice and even being, um, an introvert as oh, well. Oh yeah. So. And I mean, we still have, at least I do, I have doubts about things oh. and, it's always like, how is this going to be received? And I think, yeah. um, yeah, something that's helped so much is like thinking about not doing it and what, like, what will happen two years from now if we just stopped Strong Runner Chick Radio and we're like, right. oh, we're done. We, if I told myself like, I'm not good enough for this podcast, I don't know how to host it. I kind of ask myself those questions and then it gets me fired up and like, we need to create this. Like you need more chasing bravery and spreading that message far and wide. So I guess that's kind of helped. And it's just, it's always going to be a process too. Yeah. I really do think it's important to not keep your vulnerabilities and your fears to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think that, you know, there, there's just everybody can relate honestly. And it's really interesting too, though, that I think it's a, it's a very natural human thing to, um, just like assume that your, your vulnerabilities and insecurities and fears that like no one else understands or that like, Mm -hmm. for some reason, if you expose yourself, that they're not going to get it. Um, and I guess, I don't know, I guess I've just found that that it's like completely the opposite. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And that people can yeah relate to you now, you know, like totally it, it's the kind of thing, like I felt this and I don't know, Megan, if you felt this, Oh, actually, you know, Kate, you might feel this too. When you talk to someone who you like aspire to like, who you just think is like, Oh, this is amazing. And they say something that you can relate to. It's like, mm-hmm. 
one of those instances where you're like, wow, they are a human being. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. And right. uh-huh. it's so humbling to realize that we're all just human beings. That's, mm-hmm. that's literally yeah. what we are. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all different, but we're just human. You know, it's, it's, it's powerful. Yeah, yeah, totally. It really is. Definitely. Yeah. We're kind of on this notion already, but um, we did want to bring up this lovely um, quote that you have on your website. Okay. Um, you write, it is remarkable how different we are, yet how much comfort can be found in the commonalities we share with others. Um, in talking about these topics on your podcast, are there any um, strings of lessons or commonalities that you notice uh, within your guests or listeners? Yes. Um, so that's a really good question. Um, and the answer is yes, there are a lot of commonalities. Um, so I think when I, when I take a step back and reflect on it, I think one of the biggest ones is that people always underestimate how amazing and powerful they are. Mm. Um, And I think that across the board, that has been my experience with all of my guests. Um, And another thing that I think is so interesting is that, like, at this point now, I have people who are reaching out and saying, hey, like, I know that you had made a request that if, like, I have this story, if I'm open to sharing it, to, like, let you know. And they'll always start it with, this is probably not what you're looking for, or my story is probably not interesting enough, but this is what it is. And it's like, I can almost guarantee that like every email is going to have it like that in there somewhere. And it just, I don't know, blows my mind because I'm like that everyone's story is so interesting. Um, and, and then it, it also blows my mind that that person doesn't see how amazing their story is or how interesting it is or doesn't see the value in it um, or isn't willing to just be like, my story's valuable. <laughs> um, it's always like there has to be some sort of preface of like, oh, it's probably not what you want, but you know? Um, and so I guess that it's just made me that much more aware of the, um, that like people, I don't know that like we don't give ourselves enough credit. Um, And it's also started this line of questioning in my mind of like, Mm -hmm. is that a, and I don't want to, I don't want to make like a generalization and I don't want to be too polarizing, but I also just wonder if that is something that um, culturally we as women struggle with. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm kind of coming to a conclusion that I think it is. I, I think it's very common for women to not value themselves as much as they should and not, um, and not appreciate themselves as much as they should. Mm, Yeah. You're really, you're reminding me of, um, there's some study out there that explored how, um, I think it was mostly women in the workplace, but really just in general Mm. in emails, how often they use words like just, just, just wanted to check or just this and just that. And, um, uh, there were some other words in there too. I'm just wondering. Yep. (laughs) Things like that. And, um, I think they've measured male and female, you know, women identifying versus male identifying, 
um, individuals and how often they use these words. And it was crazy how often women, us women use those mm -hmm. words in our, just in our daily language too, mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. and speaking with others. Yeah. 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 That's been a huge thing that I've noticed is like every single person that I've had on and, um, everyone who I've recorded with episodes that I have yet to release. I mean, in my mind, I'm like, this person should have like all the confidence in the world and should be fully aware of just how amazing they are. Um, and it always is so striking to me how often it's apparent that like, while they might not have, I'm not saying that they have self-esteem issues, but it's more just like this, like minimizing of, their accomplishments and um, almost like just like trying to like be humble in a way that's not necessary. And I think that I, I think that that's kind of um, maybe the bigger issue is that like it's not necessarily that I, I feel like there's just something culturally that yeah. is, is telling us that like we should strive to be amazing, but we should then be like, oh, but that was no big deal. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Since we're on Strong Runner Chick Radio, this is bringing up in my mind how many runners out there that I have admired or personal friends, teammates, where it's like they flat out won a race or like yeah. they come in 10th at nationals. And I do this myself too, right? We just undermine like, oh yeah, that was a, you know, a two minute PR and it was right, okay. like, and I know I won the race, but like I could have run a little faster. Mm -hmm. But I think people just do that, and yeah, I just wow. But you don't see guys do it as much. No, right? You just They're don't. owning that. They're like, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we're it's really. Almost, it's almost like accomplishment. But. Accomplishment is, in some ways, a, like a little embarrassing for. Yeah. And I know that I personally have felt uh -huh. that before, like taking a I, compliment, mm -hmm, taking a compliment mm -hmm. and also um, this idea of like imposter syndrome where mm -hmm. you just are like, oh, well, I mean, I just have done amazing at this five times in a row now, but that's, it's all just a coincidence. I swear, <laughs> like at some point someone's going to figure me out or, you know, I'm going to show everybody that I'm not really yeah. as good at this as, you know, as I'm as I am. Um, we talked really with Jen Brown about this. So we okay. have a previous episode on, uh, Jen Brown, who she has a podcast called Sparta chicks radio. Mm -hmm. You should go listen to that episode though. It's great. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm seeing a lot of common threads already in our tests <laughs> as well. So yeah. Love that. I, yeah, I also think it's really cool to point out, like, like we were just saying, like when, other people are being amazing. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and it doesn't have to be like winning a race or getting a PR. It can be the fact like, <laughs> this is maybe a silly example, but my mom is a terrible cook and she's an awful baker. Like I will be honest. <laughs> I, mean, I love her to death, but she's bad at it. And um, so before I left to come to Aspen, I left her a book of recipes that I would make for her that she really enjoyed. And she um, texted me like two weeks after I left and she's like, I made the blueberry muffins and those are her favorite. And I told her, I was like, mom, you are amazing. Like, that was amazing. The fact that you conquered your fear of cooking and baking, you were brave enough to do that. Like you're amazing. So I think in those situations and in situations in everyday life, we need to realize that we are amazing. Like what mm -hmm. we do and the little things we do, like 
holding a door open for someone, that's amazing. Cause that doesn't happen every day, mm-hmm. you know, like just saying please and thank you. Like those are amazing things. So, you know, I feel like right along with what you were saying, Kate, we need to not be afraid to take responsibility for being amazing. Mm, yeah, totally. Totally. Um, I, d- I recorded an episode with Regina and Sabrina Lopez, um, the twin sisters who um, qualified for the trials, uh, marathon trials, and they just recently signed with Wazelle, which is pretty cool. They did. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they were just talking about how, like, they love to lift women up, and they were talking about, like, how in their races that they run, they, like, will talk to the women around them and be like, come on, like, you, you're awesome. Let's go. Um, and I was just thinking to myself, like, that would just be such a great running culture if like that was what you felt like the energy you felt from the women around you in like any race that you were running or whatever you were doing you know right um yeah and how they're just so they're just for whatever reason good at um at recognizing how amazing they are themselves because I think they do a good job of that. Mm-hmm. And I also think that they do a really great job of like what you said of acknowledging how amazing other women are. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because when you said that, it makes me think of like when you're running a race of people on the sidelines who are the, the side of the course who are cheering for you. What if we did that for each other in a race? I know. How yeah. cool would that be? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, granted, we won't be holding signs when we're running. But like, I mean, like if you look over to the person next to you and just say, you're doing an awesome job right now. Mm-hmm. You're pretty amazing. Yeah. Like, how cool would that be? How would that shift the mindset of the people oh, yeah. around you too? Like, mm-hmm. and, and then that person for the rest of the that never really happens in running races. So think about how that person might affect someone else if they did it in another race. And then that person affects someone else. Like this could be a domino effect of just this potential to help one another. And I think that's so powerful. Oh my gosh. I get so like (laughs) dragged up when I think about empowering one another. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, some of my most powerful running memories have been from like, so like my inclination and I don't, know why this is but my inclination whenever I cross the finish line is to just like hug the next person coming in behind me um because I just have this feeling of like oh my god we did it like thank god (laughs) um and I also have a feeling of like wow I know how hard that was I like know like how much I had to push myself and um you know I just like know that the person next to me just did the same and I think it's also like seeking like I guess like someone who's going like I don't know you kind of seek out just like some sort of connection in those moments I think like some like you like are like I really need to be validated right now and like yeah the person who's also run the race is the best person to do that Mm -hmm. um and yeah so like my most powerful running memories have been just like hugging the girl who I knew was like around me the whole race right because you often have that where you're like going back and forth with someone the whole time or like yeah the girl that you've run against a million times before and like you guys have never really talked very much but you know everything about her you know your her stats and all of those things Mm -hmm. um but yeah my most powerful memories have been like when you actually do acknowledge that person and you're just like hey like great race like you're awesome um because I've had that experience a few times and I have had the thought afterwards of being like, why did I avoid talking to that person for so long? Like what, that's so wrong (laughs) and rude. (laughs) And it's like thinking about like, 
I, and I never ran in college, but like those people in college or even high school who like are your fiercest competitors and you don't want to talk to them because like they're your fiercest competitors. <laughs> what would happen if you went up to them and you're like, I think you're a great runner and you're pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 Like how could that shift the mindset of empowering one another instead of being like at war, not at war, um, coming to head with someone because they're your fiercest competitor instead of like looking at them and being like, that's my fiercest competitor. Instead say like, yeah, they're my fiercest competitor, but they're awesome too. And Mm -hmm. so am I like, Mm -hmm. and we're going to work against each other or with each other here to help empower one another. Yeah. And I think that would shift the dynamic of maybe that female syndrome we were thinking about earlier, Mm -hmm. um, whatever we want to call it, um, to maybe make it a little bit more positive. Mm-hmm. Well, totally. And Alicia Montano, um, she put something up on Instagram a while ago, and I don't know if it's like, like it's Genesis is with her. So I don't want to mm-hmm. say that like, she's the person who like, she said it or whatever, uh-huh. but, um, she, she, the, so it's some sort of term and I love it. Can I, can I find it really quickly? Yeah. Fine, yeah. Fine. Do we have now time? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I know we're starting to, I, we're, this always happens. We have these lists of questions that we want to ask and then we start talking about something that's super powerful. And yeah. of course I always do the tan. I'm sorry, Megan. Oh, I you're fine. Stick to a plan. Uh, um, no, like, it's great. I mean, uh, you were just uh, talking about how much of an introvert you are and that's no I longer. Know. Oh my gosh. It's pulling okay. me out. <laughs> I'm going to find this. I'm going to find it quick. Sure. It's, and I'm only, I'm only, trying to do this because I think it's very relevant. No <laughs> oh, problem. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Here okay. It is. Yeah. Um, okay. So like I said, I don't know if this is something that like is original to her, but it's this idea. Okay. So she says like namaste and it's the, the sleigh in me recognizes the sleigh in you, um, ah. which I love ah. because it's like, being very aware of the fact that like you can be a fierce competitor and you can admire that and someone else and you can want to totally beat them, but you can still be like, Hey, I recognize and acknowledge this in you because I have it in me too. And we all should have it in us. Um, and it's important that we, that we have that drive and we have that desire and it's okay for us to be competitive with one another, but we can still be friends afterwards. Totally. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Absolutely. I love that. We might have to reshare. <laughs> Namaste. Yeah. I love that. Oh my gosh. I like it too. And I say it to like my running friends all the time. <laughs> Namaste. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are going to start to wrap up here because okay. I feel like if we don't, it, this podcast is going to go on for like three plus hours. Yeah, I'm sorry. I feel bad for it. Oh, oh you're not your fault. I know I mean, I'm long-winded. Oh my gosh, it is totally not your fault, Kate. Um, so we want to ask you, what does being a strong and brave runner chick mean to you? Yeah, um, well, I think that hmm, – well, I mean, I think that I've touched on it in various mm-hmm. parts of the conversation, mm-hmm. but I think that what it really boils down to is um, really having respect and awareness of your own value. Um, and that means like your value as a person and also as a runner and also um, your, the, the value your body has. Um, and just, I guess like treating yourself 
with the respect that your your yourself deserves. Um, and I don't think that that's easy. In fact, I think it's actually really, really hard. Uh, and I don't think that it comes naturally. And um, I think that it takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot of time to come to a place where you are able to like really be, uh, I don't know. Hmm. I'm trying to think of how I want to say this. Um, I think it takes a long time to come to a place where you feel like you are content with who you are as like a person and as a runner and as an athlete and you're content with like the scope of your ability and also um but also you you have sort of like this acknowledgement that um you I'm like totally stumbling over what I want to say right now. No rush. Absolutely no rush. So what I, so, okay. So here we go. Um, I think that being a strong and brave runner chick means that you are able to acknowledge when you can't be strong and brave. I, is the better way of like, putting all of what I just like rambled about. Um, and I think that that's really difficult. And I think that that mindfulness and awareness takes a long time to develop. Um, and I think that it requires, uh, you to be vulnerable. And I think it also requires you to, um, like share those vulnerabilities. And I think that it, it also, uh, requires that you recognize that in other people um and kind of step outside of yourself a little bit sometimes um because it's at the end of the day more about the running um you know but there's like a deeper thing there um yeah worst answer to a question ever no, <laughs> not at all not at all you got around to it and it it's I, I think it's highly valued in what you said about how difficult it is to do that. Um, yeah. Recognize when and, we need to ask for help. Go ahead, Max. Sorry. And it's just, it's hard to define, right? I mean, yeah. I yeah. admire the fact that you took the time to really be thoughtful in your answer. It's easy <laughs> to just say, oh, a strong runner chick. Yeah, it's believing in yourself, which obviously you need to believe in yourself and things, but it's easy to just kind of say like, oh yeah, that's what it means. But yeah, being strong and brave, I mean... Yeah, it's, it is hard to define in one sentence. So, And you know what? I think it means different things at different seasons, in different seasons of life. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's another thing. Um, and I think that that's a, probably a big reason of actually why I stumbled on that question was because I think what being a strong, brave woman means to me um, is kind of like going through an evolution right now. And um, so I'm sort of making sense of it in my mind. Mm -hmm. And I think that all of the girls and women out there listening should be aware of the fact that it's normal and natural to go through those changes and that it, it doesn't feel comfortable. Um, and you have to not have like a rigid definition of yourself as a runner, because if that's the case, it's just not going to be a good thing mm -hmm. because that definition 
I don't know, you're rarely going to ever actually live up to it. Um, and life doesn't work that way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, and a human being too, you know, you stick to being a runner, you know, you, your definition of being a human being can change too. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. 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 And And it takes a lot of bravery to do, to be like, okay, this is, happening. I'm changing. Yeah. Yeah. And for any listeners, I think this was a really powerful episode just to show that, um, you are so much more than a runner. We, I mean, the percentage of time that we spent just talking about running was, (laughs) and I think just in all the work that you're doing and Mm -hmm. giving yourself and, um, all that you have to offer to the world is like really inspiring, especially to, um, to us, I don't know, to anyone that feels like, oh, I need to find more of myself outside of running. Um, This is a great episode. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, Caitlin or Kate, I guess. um, Thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us tonight. Yeah. How, um, if we have listeners, um, um, who would like to reach out to you and maybe actually want to share their story with you because they are (laughs) awesome. Um, how can they connect with you? Yeah. Um, so the best way to connect with me is through email. Um, so my email that is associated with my podcast is, um, chasing bravery with Kate and it's spelled K A I T, which I know is not the usual spelling of Kate, um, at hotmail.com. And, um, I mean, my website is a great place to go because you can kind of just like contact me mm-hmm. through that avenue. Um, there's a lot of different places where that's like made possible. Um, and that's just www.chasingbravery.com. Um, and I'm also pretty good with like Instagram. So if you like, if someone sends me a direct message, I'm, I'm pretty good about that. Um, and yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kate, for your time. And also, I want to give a shout out to Elena, who connected us. um, She actually reached out to you first. So um, thank you, Elena, for letting us chat with this wonderful woman and giving us the opportunity (laughs) to connect on so many levels. So thanks to both of you very much. Yeah. And thank you guys for what you're doing, because it's also like really amazing. Um, And definitely, like, I've totally enjoyed uh, like when she reached out to me, I was like, Oh, this is so cool. Like very, it's awesome. It's a really, really, um, powerful thing that you guys are doing. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again, strong runner chicks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to, uh, leave us a review in iTunes. Thanks for listening to the strong runner chicks radio. Do us a favor and leave a review in iTunes to help spread awareness and foster the SRC community. Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Strong Run Chick.